Yo! What's good, man? What's up? How are you? I'm good. This is, this is exciting. We've, the last couple ones I've done, I've done with people who have already been on the show before. So this is my first one I've done with the live series. We're actually meeting for the first time right now. So it's That's cool. very true. And we have a I like to show similar... that it's possible. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not as weird as it would seem. So Yeah, yeah. We have a very similar setup, too, I feel like. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> we're not in the same place. We swear to God, we're, we're not in the same place. So uh, thank you for joining me. It is the global head of brand design at Spotify. There you That's go. That's right. Yeah, and my my wife and I were debating. So so is it? And I I want to make sure I get it right. Is is it uh is it like Ross or like Raz or like kind of uh, in between there? Uh, I get everything under the sun. Uh, Ross, I think is the Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were pretty uh, much right. Yeah, we we were like trying to figure it out. We were like going to like pronunciation websites and stuff like that, trying to get it like just perfect. But we were we were right. So that's good. So my I'm from Sweden, right? And my Swedish friends would say Ross, but okay, Ross. some people here want to make it Ross, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross. Yeah. Which, right. uh, yeah. Like the name Ross, like from Friends or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah exactly. So that's what I get at Starbucks, for example, I get Ross. Well, that's good. Well, I'm happy to have you on here. And uh, I, I have a lot of friends from Sweden, so that's kind of cool. Um, so you're the global head of brand design at Spotify. Uh, so that we don't get in trouble, I'll let you take the lead on this. But um, actually, let me just first say, while people are jumping in here, I love Spotify. My, it was my, so when I was in school, I went to Rand Paul College, which is like not necessarily the best school, but um, the design program has really come a long way. And I think that over the past years that they've hired some great people. Um, but I was kind of disconnected from the creative community. So I went and I joined the AIGA and I, long story short, I met Tobias Van Schneider, who was a designer at Spotify back then. And then um, I went the first studio that I ever went to and I saw real like branding and graphic design was at Collins when they were working on the Spotify design. That was the first thing I ever saw. So from going from being in this kind of like school in New Jersey, off in the suburbs, like I'll never get a chance to work in New York City to like Lee Massmeyer showing me the Spotify campaign. I was like, oh my God, this yeah, is the coolest shit. So uh, I, from that point forward, Spotify has always been I loved it. I love the product. I use Spotify all the time. I'm a DJ. I probably shouldn't say this, but I use Spotify for like 60 to 70% of my DJing set. Okay. I, I kind of just like use like faders and have them go back and forth. Cause awesome. Spotify has everything. I love it. So we, so love, what we you, love you back. Yeah. So what, what are you doing at Spotify and uh, how did you come to the company yourself? Um, well, so at Spotify, um, we've created um, sort of an in-house division, I would say, almost like a little agency that sits inside of Spotify. Um, yeah. And I joined about four years ago um, with uh, the ambition. At the time, the team was quite small. And there was an ambition from uh, the CMO at the time that this could become like a bigger thing. And he kind of foresaw with the type of work that we were doing that we could actually attract some of the best talent in the industry. Yeah. So I was brought in uh, 2016 uh, and there was two designers in the group at the time. One was a contractor and one had kind of transferred over from Stockholm. Uh, so a really small team. There was a couple of brand managers, uh, like no real production, uh, no developers. Um, so this, just to be clear, this is kind of sitting on the side of developing the actual app. So this in our right. was the supposed to- The product itself, right? Yeah. yeah. So this, mm -hmm. this, this team was supposed to kind of uh, brand and market Spotify. So uh, if this team is doing a good job, essentially users would fall in love with not only the product, but also the brand, right? Yeah. Really start creating that brand love. So I got brought in um, and we started in a very nimble fashion doing sort of project by project. At the time we were working with some really excellent agency partners. It was kind of in the, the tail end of the Collins branding work as well. So I kind of, uh, had an amazing opportunity essentially to come in, get this amazing guideline, mm -hmm. an opportunity to build a team and essentially like now start creating work using these principles. Yeah. Um, so what I've been doing for the, for the last four years is- I just had everything in Duotone just, to, just, just so you guys know how big that work was. And I had some, some friends on the spot on like the talent side that worked on it, but I used to do like everything in gradients and it was all gradient maps and duotones. And I know that you guys had like an actual system, but I was kind of just like 
trying to do like my own version of it. So right, it's, right. it's kind of cool to hear you talk about that. Yeah, right. I mean, I think Collins, uh, we're such massive fans of theirs, right? And good friends of a lot of them. Um, you know, they worked with us throughout the years to problem solve a lot of kind of branding things. But yeah. what they what they ended up doing with that branding system, and it's just like a massive testament to their ability yeah. is that they created something that we're still using. And it, they built something that we could build upon. Um, and what I mean by that is essentially, if you actually look at the guidelines that we're using and the work yeah. that we're doing today, the work looks very different from the work that Collins actually showed us. Yeah. But what, what they gave us was this amazing Swiss army knife of different sort of strategies and um, kind of starting points and things you could combine to create interesting work. So, uh, And that was my, their intention. I mean, that's what they, they yeah. intended. They wanted you guys to take it and run with it. And yeah. And you yeah, did. yeah. And, and every time uh, I talked to Brian Collins or with Ben, who was really involved at the time as well. Yeah, I love Ben Crick. I was just with him in San Francisco earlier oh, this year. Amazing. So we talked about Spotify. He is super talented. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, uh, so we just, on an everyday basis, like the designers obviously now who's working there knows sort of the rules by heart. Yeah. And we constantly try to identify new and exciting ways to, for the brand to express itself. Yeah. Um, so we pretty much, our team designs all the global marketing initiatives and all the sort of branding essentially that you see that's building on top of the excellent work that Colin provides. Which I love. Spotify always kind of has like these really meaningful moments where I as a user go like, I will never switch from Spotify because they, you know, whether it be like nostalgia or like, you know, like uh, doing like the rap playlist where you guys would put everything together or the songs of the year or the fact that I was recognized as one of John Mayer's top bands, which was like so cool. Like I was in a, a statistically, I was in like a percentile. That kind of stuff, it's like, I just love it. And I think you guys, there's a lot of heart in what you guys do. And that comes yeah. across from somebody who's just a user of it and yeah. day to day, making a living off of it in a, in a weird way. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. Like when you work with something like, let's say music or culture, uh, sports, if you're interested, like these kind of things that you also do on the side, you know, you just bring another type of passion, I think, you to work when you get to work with something that you actually believe in. Yeah. Um, and I think majority of the people that work at Spotify were Spotify users, loved the product, you know, and when they had an opportunity to come on board and, and join Spotify, it just felt like, wow, now I get to sort of potentially go and change and inspire this thing that I, that I really use every day and I love. Always a big separation, I think, between marketing and product for the longest period of time, just because it grew so quick and yeah. all of these sort of kind of uh, ambitions happened a little bit in silo. But for the last couple of years, we worked really hard internally to to bridge a lot of the gaps between the teams and sort of design leads from um, a lot of different teams, whether it's like editorial design, brand design, you know, shares a lot of sort of uh, design strategy and thinking. So you'll see much more of these branded moments appearing in the client now as, as um, compared to just a few years ago. So it's really exciting that, you yeah. know, the brand is working its way into the, the product itself as well. Because uh, yeah. I think people want that, you know, like. Yeah, definitely. As well. And, and I, I think, think there's also kind of like, uh, you guys are in a peculiar place where it's like, it's, the app is so, it's so popular. And it's one of those things that's like people really, you know, Spotify or Apple Music, it's kind of like Android or iPhone. It's like there's two fundamental, like, you know, it's like almost two different ways of thinking and people get real like into it. So I think you guys really deliver on on what, you know, the app is sort of promising in a way. And I've, I realize like the usability of it too, like even like just the functionality of Spotify has gotten so much better over the years. And um, so it's really cool. So in terms of like the playlist and stuff like that, are, are you guys, how, how does that work with like, you're working on the brand of something and then the people that are curating it and how to, I, mean, I would imagine it's kind of like a balancing act, but where, how do you guys kind of plug and play with other like tenants of Spotify, if that makes any sense? Yeah, I think our team is really, um, I would say almost like a service, service team to the rest of the organization where right. uh, the rest of the organization comes to us with a business problem and we help them solve it Yeah, um, in the best way to our abilities and what we can. So whether it's like, you know, we have had opportunity to, to create brands out of a few playlists, like Rap Caviar. Yeah, Rap Caviar. Uh, yeah, Viva That's Latino, so Hot Country. Um, 
and New Music Friday was the last one. And so yep. songs uh, to sing in the shower. I have them. All, I'm a DJ. I have them memorized. If I had a dollar for every time that I was like running late for something and put songs to sing in the shower, and I was able to like continue setting up my DJ stuff, there's so many playlists that I have like a genuine like connection with, and, and they're updated all the time, right? Like they constantly update them, like all the time. Yeah, I was always wondering who's listening to songs to sing in the shower, but now we know. D DJs who are pressed for time and need to make sure that whatever they're playing is appropriate for a room of like 300 people. Now you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, um, an elegant affair. I could keep going down the list. I know all of them. So yeah, it's kind of sad, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, no, but uh, I don't know if I answered your question properly, but I think we yeah. uh, we just basically the organization comes to us with a business problem, whether it's like run the playlist or uh, uh, create an art direction for something, or you know, obviously one of the biggest things we do every year is the Wrapped campaign, which yeah. is like a global marketing campaign that also has a web page and all that kind of stuff so and that's uh, been for for two or three years now three years is it four years four um, years okay yeah yeah um it's yeah years. I, I think it's like four, it's either three or four possibly. three years like real right uh, i think in the fourth year was kind of like a light version of it that we developed with uh stink i think it's like an interesting social experiment to see what songs you listen to the most and and what and what it says about like your state of mind like there have been like years where I've been in kind of like a melancholy sort of state. And then there are other times where I'm like, you know, it's, it's all rap. It just depends. It kind of shows you like what your year was like. So that's cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, the show is for entry level creatives kind of just coming in. I know that, like I said before, you know, a lot of creatives want to work at Spotify and want to probably work on your team. Uh, do you have any advice that you can give to people that want to, you know, they're fresh out of school. They want to work their way to work in a place like Spotify, what would you say? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think the, the most honest answer I can give you is that um, there's a lot of people that want to work on Spotify. Um, mm -hmm. And so the competition gets quite fierce and it, it you know, puts us in this amazing um, situation where we can really handpick a lot of the talent we want. Yeah. You know, uh, as opposed to a lot of like bigger agencies that kind of need to funnel in like, a lot of um, different creatives sort of every year to fill uh, yeah. whatnot, you know? So. Yeah, the Spotify in-house job is probably one of the hottest jobs in all of design, I think, like, it's yeah. top, you know, one of the most sought after jobs for sure, so. So, so I think generally, and, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of entry-level creatives on the team, just mm -hmm. by the way we built the team. Uh, we kind of had to start staffing it up with pretty senior people Right. And along the way, we sort of tried to balance up, balancing out the team. Uh, uh, and right now, it's it's a matter of like, one in one out almost, because we right. have the kind of size of the team that we feel really comfortable with without it start be becoming like hard to control or, uh, you know, that the quality is going to go down. So, but I actually, uh, if I were to be fully honest, I kind of... I, I want to not go as honest as yeah, possible. Yeah. This show has been chock full of like, unconditional tough, uh, you know, I yeah. think there's a, there's a lot of places where creatives can go and get like, and then put your resume here. But I'm all about like the gritty nuances of it and like the, the reality so people can put themselves in a five to 10 year plan to actually make it happen. As opposed to being like, like you'll get your dream job. It's not really that yeah. real. It's like, what what would it take long-term to, to work in a, at a place like Spotify? Exactly. And I, I think that's the important thing because I, I think, uh, I mean, the way I came up as a designer, um, I came up very differently. And I've been spending a lot of times working really hard on things that aren't as enjoyable too, you know? And I think that part of the process is extremely important. I think, you know, when you start your career, specifically as a junior, you need to be um, put in positions that where you can kind of like just like learn a lot of different things and, and work with a lot of different people. And I think at an agency, you get to work with a lot of different brands. And I think that can be really healthy for you as well, because you see all the different sides of like how businesses work. Yeah. Uh, I think if you were to come in at Spotify as a, as more of a junior, and we have, uh, we have a designer, Will, on the team who, who came straight from Scab and Savannah, and he's had like a tremendous growth at Spotify, but we kept telling him in the beginning, like, dude, like, this is not normal, just so you know, like, 
you don't come in at 10 go home at 5 30 like this is not the way the world works uh yeah um, but i think what he did instead is he took it upon him to work extra hard to make sure that he didn't kind of fall behind uh, the curve he should be having as a junior. Right. Um, we brought in another one, Chloe. Yeah, kind of working overtime sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. just like be ready to jump on anything and like kind of like, hey, do you guys need help? Do you need help? Like always be that person who's like want more. Right. Be um, that person with, I would say, be that person without being that person. So like, yeah. like don't, don't give like senior people a job to have to do for you. Just like see where the slack is and then help pick up that slack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. and like know your role in that in that space. Because I yeah. used to always be like, "Oh, can I help? Can I help?" And eventually, they're like, "Who the fuck is this free? Like, get the, get this freelancer out of here." <laughs> so yeah, no. So, yeah. yeah, you definitely ha you definitely have to find like a place where you add value, right? And you become um, valuable somehow, uh, specifically like as a junior. And you know, when you when you start off something, whether it's at an agency or in house, like you'll most likely do a lot of. Uh, more mundane task in the beginning. It's just a part of like you being sort of Thank coming you. in, coming in from the from a low level. But you you will be given opportunities, and I think it's uh, it's about looking for those opportunities. And when those are given to you, like kill them, like just really right. go hard uh, and make sure that you show everyone that like you gave me this opportunity, and this is how I'm going to repay you. Yeah, um, and keeping in mind that you're a designer, so that is. Like, like even the most like bland, seemingly mundane thing as a designer, it is like your job is to figure out a way to make that mundane thing have charm, be more exciting. So it's like, yeah. oh, I, don't, I have to do this dumb thing where I do this. It's like, but there's always room to play, especially in, in the space of branding and design. So do you ever have times where people will do that kind of stuff for you? They'll try and like throw something in there and it just like catches your attention. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you, you, you see everything, to be honest with you. And, yeah. and we have all kinds of personalities. And even before Spotify, too, you know, I worked with all kinds of personalities. And I think, uh, I mean, for me, as a leader of a team, right, I have to try to define uh, the culture in which I want the team to work, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And then um, the way I usually see things is like I'm trying to enable everyone to be as comfortable as possible and work you know, their way, I'm not gonna micromanage people, but in return, I expect people to be responsible. Yeah. And, and I'll give everyone as much sort of freedom and sort of um, space as they, they want, uh, as long as they're delivering and over delivering on right. what they're supposed to be doing. And, yeah. and I think that's really where you see the difference between certain designers not necessarily at Spotify, but just in general of like, when you have that kind of relaxed environment, certain people will rise faster than other people. And it's just because they are. And then other people will just check out and go to lunch for like two hours. And you're like, all right, dude, like, no problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's also reading between the lines, because I think certain people might not understand that like, oh, this is super relaxed. So I'm gonna relax. I don't think that's the right way to think. It's like, great this place is like really relaxed and everyone's nice but it doesn't matter i'm still gonna like you yeah. know go above and beyond and it's in the end of the day it's for your own benefit right like you're never gonna stay out of work forever yeah so whatever you put in at a job is where you're gonna get out you yeah. know uh so the more you put in the more you get out essentially so yeah for sure think, my, yeah. my friend dion said that uh I, so i went for the first time to and again like i've always kind of been into like the product space and um, it's funny i'm from the traditional graphic design branding like the Collins type space i love uh, not that that's what that is but you know what i mean just like i'm into branding graphic design all that stuff but then i've always kind of like been intrigued by like the product world and the product space so i went out to san menlo to go to like facebook headquarters and there's so many people and there's everyone is just like outside playing basketball at the gym and I said to my friend Dion, I was like, yo, like, does anyone here actually work? And he's like, no, no, don't get it twisted. He's like, it's really easy for like a, somebody who's overseeing a project. Like you could, they could, the, the management can just pick up their phone and look at the app and look at the functionality and like look at the product itself. It's like, that is what they're basing it off of. It's not how much time does this person like sit at their desk for or like, you know, pull all nighters. It's like, what are they doing? How are they adding value? And, and it's, it's kind of just easy to see. And like with, with great like freedom comes great respons responsibility. So yeah. 
That's I, I, cool. think that's I, I think, you know, to add to that as well, like, I think the, there's a bit of a new sort of system being shaped with these new specifically like in-house technology companies that are offering more of different things you can do while at work, whether it's like playing ping pong, you know, arcades, video games, basketball, like all those things, right? Like, right. And, and I think like if you, if you as an employee handle it the right way, in the end of the day, you have to deliver what you have to deliver, right? But um, the old mindset of like coming to work at a certain time, working for eight hours straight and then going home might not necessarily specifically for the new generation who's kind of like a right. little bit all over the place be the best way of working. People might actually need that like quick disconnect and go and shoot hoops for 30 minutes because they might actually come back more recharged and they're going to be better yeah. at, uh, at working. So I'm really all for that. And we have that at Spotify too. We have like, you know, people playing video games. You have people like uh, jamming, uh, doing music, like going away, having like really long breaks where they're just like talking in a room. Like, I think all of those things are like really valuable. You guys have a cool office. I remember I used to like go on like, uh, what was like Glassdoor or whatever. And I would like look at the offices. I was like, damn, Spotify. I actually have not been to Spotify. I've, I've been almost everywhere except for Pinterest, Spotify, and a few other places. But uh, yeah. Maybe one day when this all clears up, you can give me a tour of the New York office. We can yeah, see, definitely. I was see what it's all about. Come up, come up when this craziness is over. And your own personal experience when you're, you yourself are using the app. What are some of your favorite things that you are, are enjoying about the app? Um, I mean, I used to, I think, use the app in a very straightforward way. And I used to kind of like search for the music that I knew I liked. I would play that music, whether it was like commuting or in the gym or whatever. And I think more as you're going into like learning spotify and everything spotify can offer like i've definitely uh now i use spotify more for discovery 100 percent. like i found some of my favorite songs just through like discover weekly going into like my friends playlists um just like kind of searching around finding some of these like playlists that matches my my uh my kind of personal music uh, yeah. taste and then podcasts i think is something that's just kind of like hit me over the head pretty hard in the last couple of years. Like I didn't, like I wasn't interested at all. And then all of a sudden I just realized how much amazing podcast content, even like down to like very, very, very specific things, right? Yeah. Like the most specific, uh, right. stuff, like uh, might have a podcast. Uh, so it's really exciting and, and that's just gonna grow. So I think uh, now my behavior is kind of like I start the morning, you know, while I'm making coffee, I put on the daily kind of like listening to what's going on in the world a little bit. Yeah. Uh, then I might switch over to like, let's say some, some like jazz music, or whatever, while working or some. That's like, awesome. I love jazz yeah. music too. It's funny you say that. That's like my, no one knows I listen to jazz, but every once in a while, like in the morning, I'll put on some jazz and try and create like a, a mood kind of thing. And it's yeah. so fun because on Spotify, you know, you have music and you have podcasts like right there side by side and kind of interchangeable. Yeah. And I just love you don't have to leave the app and, um, it can, on a dime, it can change for me about like what I want to listen to first. So I think it's really great that Spotify has taken on, you know, podcasts and is now kind of amplifying that. Has, have podcasts come more to the forefront as have they gotten like, cause I know that originally Spotify didn't have podcasts, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. podcast is definitely something that's grown into become like a, a real priority for the company. And, and, and it just basically comes from seeing how much people like it, right? Like the right. consumption of podcasts is going up massively. And yeah. I think like, a lot of people that used to listen to music, let's say commuting, driving in a car or being on the subway and now listening to podcasts, right? Yeah. So, uh, and it also comes with, there's so many amazing podcasts now. Yeah. Uh, I'm like I'm me to create this, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I personally, like, I don't, I don't read a ton of books uh, mm. and podcasts like fills that, for me in a way, uh, right. you know, stories and like things like that. So even on vacation, just like kind of laying by the pool and listening to like a really interesting podcast is mm -hmm. kind of like something new for me, uh, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, podcast is definitely super important. I, I think we'll see a lot of things happening in the podcast space uh, in the upcoming years. Cause I think podcast used to be almost considered a bit nerdy a few years ago. Like, yeah. you, you know, you have to be very- yeah, listen, When I used to listen to like the Joe Rogan experience, people were like, what are you talking, like what, the, the, the guy from Fear Factor, like, are you serious? And I'd yeah. be like, yeah, like podcasts, are, they're gonna be huge. There's no way this is not gonna catch on. I can listen for like three hours. And they're like, Definitely. you listen to people talk for three hours. I was like, yeah. I, 
And then it years weird. later, these same friends came back to me and were like, oh, dude, I've been listening to Joe Rogan. I'm like, get out of my face. I don't know what I'm talking to you right that now. That podcast is great, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really um, good. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, it's definitely changing. And I, I think instead of like having to be super nerdy about a subject and doing a podcast about it, like now you're seeing more uh, entertainers and people that you would normally see in uh, in showbiz, right? Right. In like, TV. It's the whole like, you know, everyone used to be a movie star and then all of a sudden everyone appeared on Netflix, you know, and yeah. TV shows all of a sudden. And now right, like it used to be like, you want to be on the TV show and now you like, you need you just want the Netflix special now. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, the semantics like, always kind of change. It is, it is kind of weird how it's like, there's always like a, a next kind of medium and stuff like that. So, but, um, I, but I think at the same time, you know, like a lot of these people and a lot of actors, whatever it is, musicians, uh, thinkers in general, like, people have things to share and things to say. And a lot of times they haven't had that opportunity before. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some like really interesting conversation happening. Uh, yeah. Just people actually have things to talk about that you didn't expect. Like yeah. Joe Rogan, right? Like you kind of saw him as a comedian. He was involved in MMA and you're like, okay, this dude is kind of like, he's yeah. a very straight up dude and, and he voices his opinion. But then you go into his podcast and you're like, wow, like, yeah. This guy has a lot of thoughts. He's super smart to bring some really uh, good guests. And it's always like super fascinating. So when you were starting out, tell me about your journey. You know, because yeah. now you're at Spotify, which right. is doing epic shit. But yeah. when you were starting out and you were like me, fresh out of school, where did you want to work? Did you get fired? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can even <laughs> take you a little bit further back if you want to, because I think... Um, yeah, all the way back. I might have had a little bit of a different journey than a lot of people in my position uh, because I didn't really study design. Like I never went to design school, nothing like that. Um, but my journey really started, uh, you know, as a kid in, in small time Sweden, uh, I was really into skateboarding. And skateboarding was always like uh, something that had a lot of creativity attached to it. Like whether it was like the illustrations on the deck or like yeah. the magazines that you would buy, like trash magazine. Like there was a lot of, yeah. lot of creativity in that space. I used to be into all that stuff. I was like, I was like the Tony Hawk generation and I have yeah. like entire Pinterest boards full of, full of like Thrasher magazine. I used to rip up Thrasher magazine and like hang it up on my wall. So I'm totally yeah. with you. Some yeah. of the best graphic design in the world comes from skateboarding. 100%. Culture. I love it. And then, so I'm, I'm kind of a kid of the early 80s too. So I, um, I ended up seeing at an early age kind of the rise of the, the home computer. You know, mm -hmm. like when, when I was probably around like maybe 13, 14, when people in Sweden actually started getting like a PC at home, right? Like yeah. that actually had like games and there was things you could do and you can kind of like fix it and upgrade it and all that kind of stuff. You can play Pong. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that was early, but then, you know, yeah. you were playing like uh, Monkey Island and like adventure games, and there was so much creativity in, in, in that world as well. Um, so I got really into computers. I was like, oh my God. Uh, at a younger age, I had like tried to draw, I was like doing graffiti and stuff like that, but I never found um, that. I, I didn't like the sense of like you put something and you can't change it. Yeah. So when computers came, it came with a whole new sense of like, you can kind of like adjust things and evolve it. And, and that was so creating for me. So I think like probably around like 97, 98, I found like digital art online uh, as a thing. And I was kind of like blown away. And it was brand new for me because I had no friends, no family members, no one was a designer, no one was That's working. That's crazy. It was just something I found. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I had you no friends who didn't want to hang out with me, but it was not like, um... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, you find something and, and, it, and it's kind of like, it just speaks to you and you're like, oh my yeah. God, like, I don't know anything about what I'm seeing, but like, I'm so drawn into this. I right. have to. So at that time, and what, what I think was like, kind of um, very interesting for that generation of designers, similar to me, is that like, back then there was no tutorials. There was no Behance or Dribble. So there was no communities of designers. There was no uh, download, uh, like the button pack, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, all there was you no preset do, pack, yeah. Right. There was nothing, right? So you, all you could do is you had to sit and explore all of these like very complicated programs by yourself. So you were just sitting there playing around with like Photoshop and 3D Studio Max and After Effects and Illustrator and Bryce and all of these like random things that existed back then and. Like, um, I spent years, you know, like my grades were really below par because I was sitting up all night just doing like abstract, like emotional designs. 
that I would then show. This type of liquefied tool, just doing like weird shit in Photoshop. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, I don't know what this is. But I was the same way. Yeah, cool. I had no idea what I was doing. I would do like gradient maps and then just like use the blur tool and just start moving stuff. Like, yeah. It was probably yeah. cool. I wish I still had it. I mean, it was a super creative uh, era. And I think like a lot of the design sort of sensibilities that I'm basing my professionalism on today was built during those years of really exploring and exploring. Because you explore so much and you find out what you like and what you don't like and what works and what doesn't work. And, and even though Photoshop has evolved a lot, it hasn't changed that much, you know? Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Um, it's, just, it's, yeah. it's almost the exact same from when I was in high school when I first discovered it, which is, yeah. uh, and in some ways, like, I learned some of the things that, like, when I use layer mass in real life, it was crazy because I had learned that already in high school. So it was, which was, I was fortunate to be in a program that had that. But I remember thinking to myself, like, how did I let, like, if I only paid attention in school, I'd be a great designer already. I had to relearn it all in college, but I had learned it, like, early on in my journey, so. Yeah, it, it yeah. definitely helps. Yeah, I remember even the first Photoshop I had didn't have layers. So you could, like, you could do something, and then you could do something over it, but you couldn't change it. Yeah, I did uh, destructive work for the first, like, six years of my design career. <laughs> yeah. And didn't name layers or anything, so. Totally, yeah. It, yeah. it was super creative. Um, just to get back on track there, I think like yeah, one sorry, thing my fault. also, um, <laughs> no, no, no worries. Just trying I'm talking to, like, to the Spotify guy, man. I'm living the dream tonight. I'm hyped. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta bring it down. I gotta bring it down. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I think like another thing that really influenced me, like I got really into uh, sort of the rise of esports happened around the same time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, back in the day where you started seeing games where you could actually sort of compete together. I got super into that because I was into computers as well. And that like actually- which ones? Huh? Like which ones? Um, I was playing a ton of Quake. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember, uh, P like younger generation have no idea what this is, but it's like kind of a first person shooter thing. But uh, you worked in teams, but there was so much creativity around uh, the gaming sort of scene as well. Like you could create skins to your characters, you could create wallpapers, you you made a homepage that your sort of team was putting their scores on. So like, That's so cool. there was this like, vibrant sort of energy uh, around that scene as well. And that really influenced me. Um, but I think like the, the problem for me back in, in Sweden in those days were that the only professional jobs that you could get in this field were web design jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was the beginning of the web sort of. So like Flash hadn't really broken yet in a big sense. So the web wasn't that exciting. So I never really felt um, that interested in becoming an AKA web designer, like you had to call yeah, it and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Um, so I remember- I failed web design actually, failed web design. Yeah, I mean, but I think- This podcast is dedicated to my web design teacher who told me I never yeah. amount to anything. This is I, have, I have some terrible sites <laughs> somewhere on the web as well. Yeah. I had to do that, I'm never show anyone. Yeah. But uh, uh, so what I did essentially is that like, um, and I think this, probably people can relate to this, but if you grow up in not a big city, you kind of see a lot of like big, big city things on TV or like you see a lot of things from the world, but you live in a small place. And so you have this sense of urgency that you want out in the world. You want to experience the world. You want to get out of where you're from. So uh, ended up moving to Spain. Um, wow. you know, uh, as a Swede, I could move within Europe because uh, we were part of the European Union. I That's couldn't cool. move to the US, for example. I moved to Spain. Now, I was really trying to like kind of find life and, and how to become a designer at the same time. Um, so I got a job in Spain as a web designer, which was <laughs> what I didn't want to do. But it was at, at least something sort of to, to experience something different. Uh, and I worked there for a while. My kind of got stuck, right? Like I, did the, I knew this was not the path I wanted to take. Uh, and at the time, there was a school in Sweden called uh, Hyper Island. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, I, I, saw, I saw this on there. I wanted to ask you about this. I was like, what? Hyper Island? That yeah. sounds so cool. So it's super interesting because in the early 2000s, Hyper Island had grown uh, a really good reputation, at least sort of in Europe and I think in the US as well, for a school that had graduated some, some really, really successful people. So people had come through Hyper, gone out in the, in, in the landscape and, and become kind of like superstar designers. And, mm -hmm. and no one really knew why. And it's like, what, what, is, what is up with this Hyper thing? So what was special about Hyper is that uh, only about 70 people a year got in. 
Uh, and so they accepted about 50% international student and 50% Swedish uh, student. And somehow I got in. Uh, and uh, it's not a bachelor program. You don't really get any grades. There's no teachers. Uh, and what they do is that they bring people from the industry and they sort of give you assignments uh, of a few weeks and then you have to solve them. But what's really interesting about Hyper Island and it's kind of like the, the key to success is that it's really all about teamwork, I think. Uh, they, I think, this is my theory, they uh, try to bring in people from different personality types very much on purpose. Yeah. And they try to create groups that are going to collide and they try to create groups with different kind of personalities that aren't supposed to match. And right. so we, and so for every project you get in a different group. And so you have to work for two years, like day and night, trying to problem solve in very sort of chaotic situations with like really strong minded people or really just difficult introverts, whatever it is. So what I learned uh, during my two years at Hyper is really working with people and mm -hmm. that people are extremely different and how to work with different personalities. And it was super, super useful because Hyper, uh, Hyper had acknowledged sort of that the creative industry uh, is full of these complicated people. Yeah. So, sure. uh, uh, so that, that has really done me uh, such a service for my career of just learning that. Yeah. Um, those interpersonal skills are so important. That's so much a part of it. That's like, it's almost, in a way, it's almost like everything. It's like, how do you, you know, navigate spaces without, because because I had it at first where I was like, oh, I'm just going to hold my own. And I've been telling people to go screw for years. And then, get, then you get into the corporate landscape. You're like, oh, I can't do that at all. So you need to learn how to like get along, if you will, or, or at least like have some agency and know when to, you know, it's time to go sort of thing. Exactly. And, and, and I think like uh, being adaptable is super, super important to our industry as well. Yeah. Like being able to sort of shape shift a bit depending on the constellation and your role, because your role is going to shift tremendously depending on who you work with, the kind of project you're doing and being able to kind of like, sometimes you need to be a leader. Sometimes you don't have to be a leader. Sometimes, you know, you need to push the group forward. Sometimes someone else is doing that and you really need to just follow along. So. So like learning how to deal with those kind of things is super useful. Yeah. Uh, and in the end of uh, my uh, Hyper Island um, career or career years at the school, uh, I got an internship in New York at uh, Big Spaceship as an animator. A big uh, spaceship, you said? Yeah, Big Spaceship yeah. in Dumbo, which was yeah. at, at the time uh, definitely one of the big it shops because they had uh, almost like a monopoly of doing all the Hollywood websites. Mm -hmm. And so this was- Yeah, I was, I was obsessed with them when I was in school. I used to like, I used to like steal their fonts and try, like when I was in college, I tried like remaking my portfolio and look just like big spaceships. And I used, I had like a serif font and people were like, why do you have a serif font? I'm like, because big spaceship has a serif Big spaceship, font. yeah. They, they were incredible. The CEO of the company sometimes like likes stuff on Meet the Creatives and I forgot his name, but I- Mike Lebowitz, like, yeah. He, what was it again? Mike Lebowitz. Mike Leibowitz, yeah, yeah, dude, open invite, Mike, come on the show. I see you out there, man, come on the show. No, he's, he's, he's a great guy as well. So the man, I was hyped yeah. the first time I saw that he liked something. I was, that was the first big one, and I was like, I'm doing something right. Yeah, so, but uh, at the time, like, Flash was kind of uh, at its prime, so it was a very, very creative time in our industry, and you could almost do anything, and every project you essentially trying to break, like, kind of like, how do we break Flash to do something that no one has ever done before? And, mm. Most of the awards and award-winning projects at the time were like the projects that managed to like sort of hack the system the most. Yeah, there's uh, all this like weird kind of like parallaxing and kind of like fun yeah. stuff happening. I thought that was a great time of design. I loved it. I. <laughs> it, it was a very chaotic design uh, time. Yeah, but there was no. Now everything is so like so yeah. sterile that I miss those experiences where, like, where, where you would go to a website and like the whole website would like, you know, fold or animate in ways that were, and, and it was, this was not animation or stuff that was done by amateurs. This was like oh, you know, yeah. by hackers and web developers. And it was really cool. And I wanted yeah. to get into it, but I just, I couldn't do that HTML, it, you know, coding since it's not my brain, you know, yeah. I wanted to. That's why I was kind of an animator because I wasn't that into code, but I, you could actually use animation uh, with web at the time and kind of export your animations. You could input them into Flash and you can kind of have them rolling at the, at the yeah. web pages and stuff like that. But I was really into animation. I thought I wanted to be an animator. And I would spend a lot of time like learning After Effects. Uh, and at Big Spaceship, like I had some 
incredible opportunities. But like going back to what we talked about before, um, I kind of realized that. So I had about eight months in New York at Big Spaceship, and I was like, okay, this is a career-defining moment for me, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna work so hard and I'm gonna jump on every opportunity because now I have an opportunity to build a portfolio with real projects that are gonna be like international kind of- And like what year was this roughly? This was uh, maybe 2004. Okay. Oh wow, uh, this is early on, yeah. Yeah. way so before pretty, I was looking at this stuff. Yeah. Pretty early. And I remember Ghost Rider was, had just come out in the movie theater and we, we were doing like a website for that and it was super wow. exciting. But uh, I ended up getting some really insane opportunity at Big Spaceship. Like I was animating, uh, Times Square for New Year's for Target. They have bought out wow. all of Times Square and me as an intern had an opportunity to create my own Target animation that was like one minute long. So I was just like, I was all in. Like yeah. I, was, I, I came in the morning, I animated all day. I was like downloading low resolution stock videos and tracing them in Illustrator to create like frame by frame <laughs> animations, putting them in. Uh, putting on the render, I would go into the movie room at Big Spaceship and sleep on the couch and watch Star Wars wow. for three hours. Then I would come out, like look, look at my like render, like is it? And the like, render it? failed. You're like, what the fuck? I forgot to put on that layer with a bird flying, and it's oh, God, yeah. I'm see, that's why I never got into that. That's why I'm a photographer, not a videographer. That's why I couldn't. Yeah. I I have such anger issues that if I were to sit there and wait for three hours for something and it didn't work, I would go postal. I would go crazy. Yeah, I can't no, do that. It's an insane world, and it was like hundreds yeah. of layers we had to sort of keep, and then and I was like, something breaks. Too, and... So that must have taken even longer, bro. Kids yeah, these days but... probably don't even know. Yeah, right. But I got so much work out of that period, though. So like, uh, just like taking those opportunities and working hard, uh, really, really paid off. And essentially, yeah. I think, you know, when my internship was over. Um, I had to move back to Sweden because, you know, visa, like I was here on kind of like a, a student uh, trainee visa that could, you know, keep me in the US for a little bit of time, but I had to move back. But like, I was out, my, my heart was so fiery. I was like, I have to get back to New York, like oh, the people, so the city, like, and you know, as like a 24 year old or whatever, like, it's really hard. Like, how do you yeah. come back? Like, uh, getting a visa, trying to get someone to sponsor you. Like, you have to get a talent visa. Like, it's very, very, very difficult. But I ended up. And you haven't uh, been able to establish a title that like merits like some somebody who knows nothing about. The, and that's the thing too. Like a name, like big spaceship. You're like, come on, it's a real. I remember I. Told yeah. my dad, I told my dad actually. This is making me remember a story. I told my dad that my dream was to leave school and go be a designer, at a, a, a designer, which my dad thinks of as like, you know, like a flimsy artiste kind of thing. I want to go be a designer at a company called either Big Spaceship or Huge. And my dad was like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, what are you talking about? You're never going to like, this is how you're going to pay your bills. I was like, dad, if I got a job, I'd be straight. He's like, at, at Big Spaceship? I was like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. There was definitely some weirder names than that floating around as well. So like, why like, were you guys making all those weird names? As somebody who was there when it all happened, that's just. I don't know. I, I think it was kind of like a trend at the time, to be honest. To like, yeah, a way to get your clients' attention. Like, how can you show that you're creative? Yeah, you have a very creative name. Yeah, uh, I don't know specifically how like Big Spaceship came up, but uh, I mean, I thought it was a great name for like a creative shop. It almost felt like a big spaceship of aliens just running around. Like yeah, yeah, I guess it's very thing, visual. You know? I picture it. I picture what it would look like. Yeah. yeah. Same thing um, with Huge. Same, same thing with Huge and a lot of other places. Sorry, ADD. Yeah. My ADD is off the chain tonight, but it's, it's okay though. And then <laughs> how did you get to, I saw you worked at RGA as well, right? Yeah, so um, I'll try to bridge this one really qu uh, quick, but like I ended up going back to Sweden. I moved down to Spain again to Barcelona with a couple of friends and, and um, at the time, I was doing uh, a lot of Swedish identities for Swedish TV shows, like through some friends I had, like trying to figure out like what, what is next. Got contacted uh, by a recruiter at uh, RJ because some of the projects I had done at Big Spaceship and I put on a portfolio, trying to get myself exposed, you know, like basically pinging all the design sets. Can you feature me? Can you like put me in the right. in the feed? And really trying to get my work out there as much as possible because I knew that that was my one chance. Uh, and essentially, like RJ called uh, and they offered me a role uh, on the Nike account, which was like such a dream because I'm a 
massive sports fan, like massive. Yeah, I'm a huge Nike fan. I, I love, like the Air Force One. I'm obsessed with it. Oh yeah, yeah. like Nike as apparel and sports. I was like, oh my god, this is my dream. So then I ended up working really hard trying to figure out how I could get a visa, and through luck, I managed to get it. Um, and a funny story also. Uh, I'll try to keep it quick, but um, at the time, like I. I had finally sort of secured my visa and was going to go back to New York uh, and I didn't have any money. Uh, my mom and dad are separated, they're teachers in Sweden, you don't make that much money, right. uh, you know, as like sort of a middle class. So my mom ended up taking actually a bank loan to pay for my plane tickets and, and rent for, you know, two months rent. for. New wow, York. that's crazy. So uh, I literally had no money, but we had me and three friends had signed up to like a web design competition called uh, International uh, Web Design Something Something. Um, right. And, and so, <laughs> I used to uh, International Web Design Festival, I think it was called. Okay. Um, so we had won the Swedish uh, sort of elimination. And so we, uh, we went to the final in France and they paid for like uh, plane ticket and everything. And we ended up winning the, the whole thing and it had I think it was like twelve or fourteen thousand dollars or euros in first prize. Wow! And it was like literally the week before I moved to New York. So all of a sudden, I had like four or five grand that I could buy like a bed and a lamp and like a nightstand. Yeah. And like I could actually because I had planned of like I'll start on an airbed, first paycheck like yeah I'll find a couch I'll find some of the couch yeah 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 that would have so, sucked too like especially like in New York yeah. Was that, so, was that Dumbo or Manhattan? That would have been. Uh, it was Dumbo, yeah. Yeah. I lived, I lived in uh, in Lower Manhattan at the time. That's so cool. Uh, but it just came together in such a romantic way. I was like, okay, this is meant to be. Yeah. Um, and now you're working at Spotify. I, I hope you're sending home checks to them. That that would be good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> have you, have but, you paid them? Paid your mom back for the for the loan? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Okay. I actually just bought a summer house that she's kind of mainly. Oh, that's so you know, cool hanging out and, and it was mostly for her so that's amazing uh, dude exciting. that is the best we could possibly like end this thing. I, I love that so much um cut this off in an hour which is so annoying but you're more than you're more than welcome back on the podcast anytime yeah, I think yeah this is a, this is a good first date you know what i'm saying people are like yeah. how do you how do you talk to people this is our first time talking for we're sure one day I'm, I'm gonna talk about What's up? and you need to come and visit um visit the office when uh, the world is back to normal yeah, for sure. One day I'm going to get my shit together and I'm going to work at Spotify. It's going to be a, a long-term goal. I'm going to work Definitely. really hard. And uh, it's super cool to kind of uh, just to have this sort of full circle because it's like, I feel like this podcast over the last couple of weeks is really kind of starting to come to fruition. And, oh, to, be talk and to be talking with you and, and having these conversations with people like yourself and like, you know, Ben Crick, who I had to, you know, got to catch up with. And, you know, guys that I looked up to when I was, you know, in college and, just to, to be at a place now where I'm able to have conversations like this at scale and make it possible for other people to kind of catch that that wave of excitement about branding. Because Spotify really is like, I don't know, I feel like in my own personal opinion, and I'm, you're not, it's not like we have the company or anything, but in my opinion, that was the first brand that I experienced like in, in recent times that was like radically different and like everybody wanted to work for it. And it's exciting. And I just, I hope that people will get off this and look at your portfolio and look at all your stuff and have that same feeling that I have when I came into the design space of like, this shit is cool. Like brand, branding is not boring. Branding is not just logos. Like branding can like change the world. Yeah, no, I, definitely. I yeah. took the most cliche thing. I had such a good point and then I ended on branding. The, 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 the save the world part was a little bit much. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I, I, I appreciate everything I said up until that one part. We'll cut it out in post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to nope. make sure I edit this. I'm going to edit out my ADD and all the times I interrupted you. But with the last five minutes or so, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? And if you want to apply to Spotify, who's a good person to talk to? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm, it's funny. I'm actually building a portfolio right now. I haven't had a portfolio in so long, which is, you know, just a matter Yo, the of new Squares, The new Squarespace is sick, dude. Like the 7.1 of Squarespace okay. is legit. But you're the man, though. You probably do you code all your own stuff. No, 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 no. I I don't have okay. the energy or time. But I'm I'm using a super simple cargo uh, template right now that I'm yeah. just putting together. Um, like uh, LinkedIn. Um, I have a Behance. That's 
somewhat relevant. Like there's a lot of stuff that's not on there, but it at least could give you a sense of- I saw you're back working in Times Square again and you do all the Spotify stuff. Um, I love that. Oh, by the way, all the stuff that you guys did, I don't know if you did it for after, after hours for the weekend. And yeah. like that, that um, I don't, I'm gonna butcher all the names of it, but I have been, there's been many days where I've been in New York City and seen, it's always been my dream from that day I first saw it. I wanted to do out of home signage for Spotify. My, there's, there's this one billboard in particular. I need, I need somebody, it could be a one-off project. There's this one billboard right outside of Madison Square Garden. And yeah. every time I ever got fired, I would just stare and look at that billboard and say, one day I'm going to have my ad on that billboard and then I'll know that I have made it. So I need somebody at Spotify to just like help me. Like I could even just move around some items on it. I just need yeah. to fulfill that dream and get it on that particular billboard outside of Madison Square Garden. We'll make that happen. We'll send you a file and then you move some things around and then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. put the name on it really small. And then we do a lot of out of home, which is kind of exciting. Dude, whoever, okay. hey, could you put me in touch with the out of home signage person at Spotify? I got a lot of bills to pay and I will get my blood, sweat and tears rendering for hours. I'll, I, I, I'll use live surface. I'll go out and take pictures. I'll render it on there. We'll I want that, that shit in my portfolio. We'll make that happen. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry for the, sorry for the person. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been having you with me. It's been I, I, there's been I've taken three days off, and I this is what it looks like when my ADD is all over the place. But yeah. <laughs> it was fun. No, you, you're you're doing you're killing it. Like I've been watching some of the, the other um, interviews you did. Like you're getting some really really good people. I don't know um, how. Really really impressive. I, I think it's I just stacked a lot of good karma and did right by a lot of people for a long time. And then when this COVID nineteen thing happened, I was like. Let's just, just try and cash some of this in and see what it looks like. And it has been fantastic to chop it up with Seth Godin and just like have just a chill conversation. I don't care yeah. if no one misses. That's just fun. So. That's amazing. Yeah, I hope that we having fun is translating here. So yeah, no, definitely. This okay. is awesome. Um, and I appreciate you having me. I hope you became my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Thanks so much. Right, yeah, thank you, everyone who, who tuned in. All right. Peace. Ain't no fence, just a hundred acres wide. When shit get tense, we twist up and we.